Thank you for listening to the Late Breaking F1 podcast. Make sure to look out for new episodes every Thursday and Grand Prix Sundays. Hello and a very warm welcome. This is the Late Breaking Formula One podcast. And we have for you tonight the most prestigious award ceremony in the history of the world. The Late Breaking 2019 Formula One Awards. Uh, of course, for such a prestigious event, we have got a full house. Harry and Sam joining me, Ben Hocking. Guys, are, are you psyched for giving out awards that people definitely care about? <laughs> Welcome to the Late Breaking Awards! <laughs> I buzzed. I love it. I love the award episode. And what everybody can see is that we're all wearing um, tuxes. Full press tuxes. Yeah. And we have a red carpet laid out. Imagine that scene in Step Brothers where they go to the job interviews and they're both wearing tuxedos. And he's like, hello, Miss Lee. That's all three of us right now. Yeah, very much so. Um, so we have got 12 awards to give out tonight. And I, I know all of the F1 drivers, all of the F1 teams are going to be sitting at home in anticipation of whether they are going to win. Um, what, what are we going to call it? Like a Grammy? We've got to give... a an, an LB. LB. An LB. An LB. We'll, we'll, we'll go with an LB. We've definitely I quite, prepared. I quite like that, actually. An <laughs> LB. I want an LB. Mum, I want an LB. I'm well, never going to win one. Who is going to win the first 2019 LB? We'll now find out because the first category is race of the season. So actually, no, a person won't win this award. But <laughs> we'll go ahead with it anyway. Race of the season. Harry, what are you going to go for on this one? Um, we've had some good races, some bad ones. We've had some good ones, but the one I'm worried we're going to have a full house here. But the one that sticks in my mind is the chaos we had uh, in Germany, because that was the race of the season. That could be the race of the decade, in my opinion. That was the craziest race. I think I'm uh, only maybe second to Canada 2011, but it's it's that kind of level of craziness. But I even watched it back the other day. And there's something happening almost every lap. Something happens, someone crashes, someone spins, there's an overtake, something's happening. Mercedes went back to the 1950s with their pit stops. Um, <laughs> there's something going on for the entirety of that race, and it's cray-cray, and I love it. It was wild, and Danny Kvyat got a podium. I mean, everything was wild in that, apart from Hulkenberg threw away a podium spot. So um... That was tragic. Yeah, some things never change. But yeah, other than that, was an absolutely chaotic race. You are right. Sam, um, would you go with the same one or are you going to offer up something different? There are some, some incredible races that have happened this season. Uh, one that stands out for me, uh, Hungary, the absolute tension of Hamilton chasing down Max Verstappen lap after lap after lap. That was an incredible fight for first place. But uh, Germany is the one that absolutely stands above the rest. Brazil was incredible as well. But, I mean, you had the constant changing of pole position. Lewis Hamilton battering it into a wall. Bottas getting as close to me dating Michaela Strachan. That's how bloody close he was to winning that race. He wasn't close. <laughs> That's the point. Why Michaela Strachan? I fancy her as a kid. Um, the point is... It was constantly changing. You never know what was going to happen. People were so close, yet so far, like us watching on the TV. Um, Germany has to win race of the season. It was a race for the history books. It was incredible. So, God speed to all those drivers in those conditions. The drag lane should be in every race with water all over it. Um, I absolutely loved it. It was brilliant. 
I really want to go against the grain here, but I can't. It, it was Germany. Germany was the best race this season. It was absolutely bonkers. I'll, I'll say Brazil is second for me. Um, yeah. And one thing that I think Brazil had that Germany didn't, of course, Germany was utterly chaotic. And you had surprise uh, people on the podium, you know, two in the case of Brazil, one in the case of Germany. Um, and no disrespect to to Kvyat or Stroll, who finished P4, but they were helped massively by a little bit of luck. In terms of Brazil, Gasly was leading the midfield the entire time. And I feel it was more of a justified reward that he finished P2 than maybe Kvyat finished P3. I mean, I'm clutching at straws here. Germany was incredible. But Brazil, Brazil was a brilliant race as well. Um who knew? I mean, with Germany, wet weather. We get good races as a result of it. Who knew? Yeah, isn't it? And the first LB of the night for race of the season, Germany! Are you going to do that for every award? Yes. You've got 11 more to cope with, listeners. Um, <laughs> rookie of the season. So this is the first award that is going to be handed out to an individual. So very prestigious here. Uh, for the purposes of this, we will classify Antonio Giovinazzi as a rookie, even though he did race. Pointless. Pointless. He might get a vote. Pointless. He's not going to, but he might do. Um, so essentially, you've got him, you've got Lando Norris, you've got Alex Alban, and you've got George Russell. Sam, of those four, who do you think was rookie of the season? Great list of nominees. Would love to see their faces in the in the studio, out in the crowd when we bring up the big screen to show like their comedic little video clip that you get in award ceremonies. Um, George Russell had no one to compete against other than his teammate. It is so difficult to commend George Russell. I think he wiped the floor with Kubica, twenty-one to nil in qualifying. So yeah, brilliant job. But it's just hard to really picture against anyone else when you're at the back for so long. But mentally, full credit to him for getting through that season. It must have been a little bit dull. Um, I think Giovinazzi doesn't get a mention for me. It was average. He did all right against Kimi occasionally, but it was an improvement on the last time we saw him race, which kind of proves that he isn't a rookie, but he kind of is. Albon, really, really, really impressed. Really impressed. He did so well to earn that Red Bull seat. He got himself up there in the top drive. He challenged Max, Max Verstappen. Max Verstappen still better, but he had some really strong races. But for me, he needed some milk. Lando Norris is rookie of the season. I mean, yes, okay, better by his teammate, but mostly better by his teammate due to bad luck. In Bahrain, we see him drive around the outside of Max Verstappen in his second race ever in Formula 1. It was astounding. Um, He makes his engineers cry. He makes us all laugh. He is so good when he needs to be. Defending is brilliant. Um, Really hampered by some bad luck, and you can't really fault him for that. So, yeah, for me, Lando Norris, the British milkman of Formula 1, is the rookie of the season. Um, Harry, are you going in the direction of the milkman? Uh, Yes, I am. Bring on the milk, as they say. Um, (laughs) No one says that. (laughs) Who? I don't know. Um, Look, we've had, as Sam said, we've had some... Some str- a strong rookie field this year, and uh, we're, we're counting Giovinazzi, but he has still had a strong, strongish season, he, and he's been up against Kimster, you know. Um, Albon, as we say, has had a very impressive year, a remarkable year, really, perhaps more so than, than impressive, but he's he's earned that seat at Red Bull. George Russell, I think, has also been really good. We just haven't seen it. Um, but yeah, it's going to have to be Lando Norris for me to come in in your rookie year. And he's been... I mean, Sainz has been, um, we'll probably get onto this, but potentially driver of the year. Um, 
And Norris out-qualified him. 11-10, it was in the end, as Sainz stepped up a gear towards the end of the year. But he still out-qualified him, which is impressive for your, for your first year in F1, because we know how good Sainz is. Um, so, yeah, for me, it is it is the milkman. He's rookie of the year. I mean, we've already got a majority on this one, so we know who's going to win. But I'm actually not going to go for Lando Norris. As good a year as he had, I'm going to go for Antonio. I'm joking, I'm not going um, <laughs> Are you actually happy, fooled? <laughs> but I am not going for Lando Norris. That bit was true, because I am going to go for George Russell. I think he was the rookie of the year. Um, of course, like you say, Sam, it is tough to tell, but... He did beat Robert Kubica 21 nothing in qualifying, which even if uh, like you know, Kubica might not be what he was 10 years ago, that's still very impressive in an F1 car. Um, we saw in Hungary qualifying how good Russell could be, competing with cars that he had no right to compete with. And I think when we see him in a more competitive car, we will be able to uh, more accurately judge just how great he is. I, I, I have full faith in his future. So... George Russell is my rookie of the season, but Alex Albon, Lando Norris, to a slightly lesser degree, Antonio Giovinazzi. I don't think there was a bad rookie in this class, but Lando Norris is the winner of rookie of the season. So and your winner for LB of rookie of the season, Lando Norris. I'll stop now. I fully expect he's going Indy 500 star right now and downing himself in milk. Team Boss of the Year. Now, this could go in various directions because I, I haven't really put best team boss. It's just who who is your favourite team boss more than anything? Sam, who are you going for? It's so tough to pick a favourite team boss. I mean, when you've got people like French Toast on the pit wall, <laughs> edging on his team. And to be fair, Toro Rosso have had an astounding year. They've really done well this year. You know, in terms of midfield podiums, I believe they're above everyone else. So... Congrats to French Toast. He always leads a strong team. Um, Christian Horner, the leg taps. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. You have to at least use his real name once because people will genuinely think he's called French Toast. He is, isn't he? Yes, no. his name is French Toast. Franz Toast is a, a, a very, very good um, team boss. Um, Toto Wolf with the banging on the table. Horner with the leg twitch. Um Bonotto with the curly hair. What a handsome man he is as well. Delightful. Claire, I don't know how she manages to get through all of the rubbish, but, you know, that, that spirit is so strong. But for me, it's, it's got to be, it's, it, I think it's, it's Toto. Not only for the actual success of getting through the trials and tribulations of managing Mercedes. It's so tough to manage that team. It, actually, I reckon it is really quite difficult to maintain such an incredible winning streak. But he did hold off, hold off the pressure of Ferrari, of Red Bull. He's managed to create this perfect relationship between Hamilton and Bottas. He keeps his drivers incredibly motivated. I, year on year, am astounded by how well he manages a Formula One team, how well he is so good at keeping calm, even if he does love to bang a good desk. But um, yeah, Toto Wolf, and then French Toast, just in the second place. Slightly burnt. <laughs> Slightly burned French toast comes in second to uh, the Wolfinator. Um, Harry, who are you going for? It's only one winner for Team Boss of the Year, and it's Team Boss of, of the Century. It's Gunter Steiner. <laughs> Making us look like a bunch of assholes. <laughs> it's got to be. How could it not be? He wins. Like, Haas have had a terrible year, but he still wins Team Boss of the Year. I don't care. The man he's a, he's a, is an enigma. He's a myth. He's a legend. Um, I can't wait to see 
Drive to Survive season two is going to be fantastic. <laughs> yeah, he is a, he's an absolute talent, isn't he? He's a gem. He's a gem. Oh, yeah, for me, it's Gunter. Um, Harry, you said that Gunter Steiner is the best team principal of the 21st century. I'm going to go one better and say he's the best person that's ever lived. <laughs> um, just so we're aware, everyone, Ben has parents. Ben has a partner. Uh, he has siblings. And he knows us two. So he puts Gunter above everyone. And let's face it, it's not even close. I mean, he's a long way ahead. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a bit of a thirty-second Hamilton win when it comes to team bosses. Gunter Steiner ahead of everyone else. Gunter Steiner is a certified G. The man is a legend. I can't wait for Drive to Survive. I honestly, I wish it was here tomorrow. Um, so yeah, Gunter Steiner gets my vote, and because of that, Gunter Steiner, Sam. Gunter Steiner wings your LB award for Team Boss of the Season! Also, can we get an honorary award next year? The Gunter Steiner Award? Yes. Oh, maybe. And we could give it to like a special person in the sport. Gunter Steiner. <laughs> Every year. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Rivalry of the season. Now, this one could be Gunter Steiner against mere mortals. Um, but there might be other offerings out there. Harry, who do you think was rivalry of the season? Um, rivalry of the season, we've already mentioned them, but I'm going to go for Norris and Signs because that's been a tasty, tasty battle, and even tastier for the fact that they they basically love each other off the track, like they have the biggest bromance in the world. Um, yeah, that's been such a great battle to watch this year, and it's never come to you know they've never banged wheels. They're just fiercely competitive, um, and it would, you know, momentum would swing throughout the weekends. There might be one gets them in, the other in quality, and then in the race it switches back again. Um, and as Sam said earlier, I think if it hadn't been for some bad luck on Lando's part, he might have been closer or even ahead on points by the end of the year. Um, yeah, that for me has been the, the un, unexpectedly as well. I thought Sainz would probably win this year. My predictions probably go against that, but even so, um, yeah, I think unexpected and enjoyable as that rivalry has been. Fair enough. Sam, who are you going for? Surprisingly, there's been a few interesting rivalries throughout the season. You've got classics like Lance Stroll v Sergio Perez. That one will go down in history. Um, go Stroll. Funny enough, one that I didn't think really emerged was um, Bottas and Hamilton. That didn't really ever feel like a rivalry. It just felt like two very good drivers fighting out at the front. Um, unlike Seb and Leclerc, where they're almost... I feel like there needs to be news around it for it to be a real rivalry. Uh, Grosjean and Magnussen. They just love running into each other. But I actually have to agree with uh, Hazeld, our dear friend. Um, Science and Norris, the smooth operator versus the milkman himself. I love it. I love it on and off track. They are brilliant people. They've done McLaren proud. They, for me, are the rivalry of the season. No, fair enough. Um, Science against Norris is a good contender, as is Toto against tables, Grosjean <laughs> against walls, Kibitza against being quick. Um, <laughs> sorry, I, I'm sorry, Robert. I'm, I am sorry. Um I'm going to go for something different, even though it's completely few. So I'm going to go with Chuck Leclerc against Maxi Verstappen. Um, I, I really like their rivalry back in Austria. That was fun. Um, bit of controversy. 
um, bit of angst. And then they followed that up with uh, the British Grand Prix as well. So um, and that was probably an even better deal where they just did not care for one another <laughs> at all. Just forcing each other off the circuit wherever they felt like it. I think the stewards were like, nah, I'm not, not even going to touch this. There's no point. Um <laughs> And it was great fun. So and I, I think it's the sign of things to come as well. Leclerc and Verstappen could well be a battle over a world championship many times over the next decade. So I'm going to go with Leclerc versus Verstappen. But, of course, the winner is there for... Sorry, just honorary mention for Bottas and Porrick as well. That is an incredible oh. rivalry. Uh, <clears throat> not a rivalry. The LB winner for rivalry of the year is this smooth operator. <laughs> Smooth operator and the milkman, Carlos Sainz and Lando Norris. <laughs> These are getting more ridiculous. I thought they might go the other way. <laughs> Most emotional moment. Oh, bloody hell. Don't come to me first. Don't do it. Sam, I'm going <laughs> to Harry first. Oh, God. Um, I think if we leave it, Tragedies aside from this season, um, I mean, we've spoken about Hulkenberg being at his home race, his last home race. That's that 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 hurts. That was bad. Um, Norris again. Don't want to make this a Norris fest, but Norris at Spa breaking down on the last lap. I saw that one again today, and it's just screaming, "It's broken!" Um, that was pretty tragic. Um, who else? Who else has had a, had a tragic moment of the year? Um, oh, I, I mean, Albon after he got punted in Brazil. I was a bit sad as well. I'm going to have to go with Hulkenberg. When he just sat there on the chair underneath that, like, porter cabin or whatever. That's just, no, you don't, you hate to see it. You just hate to see it. No good. That's my tragic, sad moment of the year. Yeah, that's 2019's version of Hakkinen at Monza, isn't it? Um, Sam, what are you going to go for? So, serious moment, going to give an honourable mention, obviously, to Hubert. I know this is about Formula One, but that is always with all of us. Very sad. Um, but, you know, as we always think about that, we do need to remember that this is Formula One we're talking about, not general motorsport. So, my most, most, most emotional, most emotional moment actually isn't a sad one, because emotions are both positive and negative, uh, as Harry clearly forgot in his spiel. No, um, sad. <laughs> For me, um, Chocolate Eclair winning the Italian Grand Prix, um, hearing his radio after the Grand Prix was just astounding. It was so nice to see a Ferrari on the top spot in Italy. Um, the screaming, the connection with the fans, the podium was amazing. A lot of the fingers touching the thumbs. Um, yeah, for me, that was incredible. I was all for it. I loved hearing it. I loved seeing it. It was a wonderful thing to see. So for me... Chocolate Eclair winning the Italiano Spaghetti Grand Prix is the most emotional moment for me of the, of the season. Also, Lewis Hamilton's braids. <laughs> Very emotional. Um, really sad. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, obviously, yeah, there were some very very sad moments this year um you mentioned Antonio Bear of course um Charlie Whiting of course passed away on the eve yeah. of the first Grand Prix um Nicky Lauda passing away and then um Mercedes remembering him with that red star of course um that was very emotional I'm also going to go for a happy one though um and we're gonna have to fight this out because I've gone oh, for no. a completely different one again I'm gonna go for Pierre Gasly's podium in Brazil um 
it was just a fantastic redemption arc, I thought, after being dropped by Red Bull mid-season, um, threatening to go down the caveat route of uh, dropping out of Formula One, at least for a year. Um, and he turned himself around. He turned his performances around. He's been brilliant at Toro Rosso in the second half of the season. And something he couldn't achieve in a Red Bull, he was able to do in a Toro Rosso. And his joy, his elation at the end of the race was just um, over team radio was something special. So I'm going to go for that moment. Um, and now we fight, I guess. Yeah, a physical fight. I'll meet you out in the car park. I'll, um, as I as I was sad, I'll choose which happy one wins because we're all okay, happy. Fair play. We're all yeah. happy here. Um, I'm going to go for. I'm going to go with Sam's because. There's some um perhaps it's the Ferrari man in me, but both are very worthy, worthy contenders. Gonna go for Chuck Leclerc. Especially we're only a week after the uh what's been mentioned, the the death of Antoine Hubert, who Leclerc was a close friend with. So it was an emotional win for many reasons. So yeah, Chuck wins that one. So. Deserved win. And the winner for the most emotional LB of the season goes to a uh, Chuck Leclerc. Now it's time for the Get Off My Calendar Now Please Award, <laughs> um, which is dedicated to the one circuit on the calendar which just should not be there. Sam, which one are you going to go for? There are actually quite a few. Like, There's a good five or six that definitely could get off my season. Um, I'm going to boil it down to two. The first being... Catalonia. It's a testing circuit through and through. Mercedes dominates it every single time. The drivers know it like the back of their hand. And it's boring. It's so boring. The only thing that I think is more impressive about Catalonia than I do about the circuit of Monaco is that you can overtake in Spain. Not often, but you can. Monaco, get off my circuit. You're the worst track on the whole thing. I'd rather have Abu Dhabi. Wow. Tell us how you feel, Sam. Um, Harry, who are you going for? Or what which, What are you going for? Oh, uh, can I have three? Yes. <laughs> oh, God. Catalonia in the bin. Paul Ricard also in the bin. Correct. The, the, the biggest bin, I think, is going to have to be reserved for Abu flipping got no character Dabby, what a cackle. What a stupid... <laughs> wow. Cackhole is not used enough. <laughs> Absolutely went in on it. It's, I mean, the place is not a cackle, obviously. Um, it's a desert, but, it is. Um, well, yeah, but I think it's pretty nice than going to into Lazos. But that's an amazing circuit, so all is forgiven. Um, yeah, Abby Dabby, like, God. Just, it's, it's some straights and a few. 90 degree corners or oh, great can't wait to watch that grand prix again next year be disappointed bin well tell us how you feel harry um i think abu dhabi it was a real victim this well, it's a real victim every year because it is a rubbish grand prix but it followed such a brilliant brazilian grand prix that it never really had a hope did it um yeah i don't really have much to disagree with there catalonia can go in the bin or at least just stay in testing don't need to see it anymore um i think my one i'm gonna go with paul richard i really don't like paul richard 
And that sounds like I've got a vendetta against a person, and I don't. It's a, it's a circuit. Paul Richard can get in the bin, um, and all those stupid red and blue circles can join it. Um, it's just it's just rubbish. Like it's just rubbish. Why? And it takes like ten hours to get there. Not that that concerns us at all, but anything to give it another reason as to why it deserves the award. Um, and the racing has been rubbish a couple of years in a row. Um, Catalonia, though, at least... I mean, Paul Ricard's had a couple of years after its long break. Catalonia, I mean, we're nearly 30 years in now, and I think all the Grand Prix together wouldn't combine to make a good Grand Prix. So um, should, should we give it to Catalonia? We've all said Catalonia. I think Catalonia wins it. Announce it. <clears throat> and the LB for the Get Off My Season Circuit Award <laughs> goes to Catalonia! Right. People in Spain are going to love this one. Um, <laughs> Catalonia, you mean? Well, that's another matter oh, entirely. God, let's not get into that no, one. No, not a good idea. Not a good idea. Um, the next one. The worst F1 partner or sponsor award. Now, F1 has a lot of bad sponsors that we hate to see every single week. But which is the worst? Harry, who are you going for? Well, they're no longer with us, but it's rich energy. Like, how <laughs> how can we forget the, the debacle of rich energy? I mean, entertainment-wise, golden this year, especially on Twitter. If anyone saw them on Twitter this year, it, it was... Sometimes, I mean, more entertaining than the races that Paul Ricard, Catalonia, and Abu Dhabi put together. So, Correct. Um, yeah, they've that banter us doesn't even doesn't even describe it. But they are literally the worst sponsor partner company I think I've ever seen. Don't even deserve to be near F1. So yeah, thank God they've they've gone. Although I'm going to miss the banter. There was there a was lot of banter involved. involved. Um, Sam, are you going for weak energy? <laughs> The issue is with weak slash slash rich energy is they aren't the worst sponsor. They're bloody hilarious. And yes, okay, in terms of if you're going to write down a rule book of what sponsors should do, they did none of the things that they needed to do. But in terms of entertainment value, they're not the worst. They are the best. They're fantastic. I want them in every single race weekend because I love seeing the absolute kerfuffle that they brought to it, the absolute tomfoolery that they displayed in Haas. The worst sponsor, the absolute worst sponsor of being a worst sponsor is a sponsor that made Williams Racing look more like a toothpaste than Colgate. Rocket is awful. No one even knew they were for mobile phones until the final race when they put mobiles underneath their thing. They're terrible. They look like a crap Colgate. They can't make your teeth feel nice either. They are terrible. Rocket is the worst sponsor in Formula One. Well, we know Williams are no good for Formula One at the moment. They might be good for toothpastes. It's worth giving it a go, at least. Um, for deodorant, by the way. Yeah, true. Um, I'm going to go for, well, not a sponsor of a team. I am going to go with, also, um, honourable mention to AWS here um, for, for their graphics. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to go for Heineken, because those bloody stars, <laughs> those stars can join Paul Richard in the bin. In hell! <laughs> to be fair, they have toned it down a little yeah, bit. Yeah, since last year, there's no like CGI stars on the circuit anymore. I'm sorry, but those CGI stars from last season, 
make Heineken worthy winners of this award for the next 50 years. <laughs> they are that bad. Um, yeah, I could do without Heineken. You know, Rolex, they're everywhere, but they keep themselves to themselves. They, they keep relatively quiet. They're fine. Heineken just wants to destroy everything within Formula One with stupid trophies, stupid stars, and stupid star trophies and su- stupid trophied stars. So go away. The nice um, thing about Rolex is on, Ro- Rolex just tick along. Hey, good one, good one. Uh, Sam just winked for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a tough one. Who should we go for? Um, I mean, I think Rich Energy are too entertaining to get this award. Yeah, I agree, but I, I quite like that. I think Amazon get it for their stupid, stupid tire wear graphic. All right. Even even though I don't think any of us picked this, we're going to go for it anyway because we can do what we want on our own award ceremony. Um, Amazon, A- AWS. The surprise LB for worst sponsorship award of the season goes to AWS, which stands for Awfully Worst Sponsor. <laughs> wow. Well done. Congrats. To a slightly more serious award now. Drive of the season. Now, uh, plenty of standouts. Um, Verstappen in Germany, Gasly at Brazil, Signs at Brazil. Uh, I'm sure many others as well. Sam, which one are you going to go for? Oh, this is such a difficult question. Not only is it serious, I actually have to remember things. Um, <laughs> yeah, Signs in Brazil was fantastic. I can't give it to Gasly. He got himself in the right place, but got lucky with a lot of issues coming his way. Um, the staffing in Germany was brilliant once again mastered those conditions it was so tough to see everyone's dropping off the road and I can kind of see why he would win this award um, I'm going to give it to Louis Ham just for that hungry drive um, in terms of watching one driver hunt down someone now every corner made the tyres last go as you say you can give it to him for a number of drives I mean the tyre wear in Mexico was a fantastic um, point as well but for me Louis Ham at hungry you know he had, what, a 20 or 30 second gap in like 15 laps to bring down. He did it. He got the move done. He won the race. That's what F1 is all about, watching that build to the end. Yeah, so for me, just over the staffing in Germany, because, I mean, incredible skill for that one. Louis Ham gets drive of the season. Yeah, pretty epic. Um, Harry, which one are you going for? I'm going for Maxi Verstappen, but it's not in Germany. It's in Austria. Oh, love that. Mm. Because he, and admittedly, he fluffed the start himself from, was he on pole? I think yeah. he was. Yes. Um, yeah, which is his own fault, I think. Um, dropped down to like eighth or something and then clawed his way back through that field and then over to Charles Leclerc with a couple of laps to go or a lap to go or something. Um, incredible drive. Yeah, it's got to be Verstappen there. But there has, sometimes there's been some good ones. Verstappen in Germany, Hamilton in Hungary, another one. I also thought Vettel in Germany was just for more con- more in the context of his season. He was under a lot of flack for his uh, Silverstone accident, and then he showed in Germany that why he's a four-time world champion. Like he he stuck it on the road, even though he was started at the back. So um, another one there. But yeah, gonna go for Verstappen, Austria. 
Yeah, that's another good one. Um, I think we've mentioned all the very best ones. There, there is one more I would mention, and that is Bottas at Australia. Oh, I thought yeah. that was a really great performance after the difficult end to 2018 that he had. I am going to agree with one of you, and that one is Sam. I'm going to go with Hamilton at Hungary. Um, yeah, you're right. It, it's everything that a Formula One should be. He had the opportunity to claw back. Um, I can't remember how many seconds it was at the pit stop. It was um, a massive gap. Um, that he had to uh, eat into in the final dying laps of the race. He was able to do so. Um, and I mean, it, it, big props need to go, obviously, to the str- strategists um, as well at Mercedes, because uh, without that, obviously, Hamilton's not even in the position where he can pull off that kind of a thing. But those consecutive qualifying laps, um, it was scintillating to watch. And it kind of reminded me of... Um, I can't remember the year exactly. I think '97 it might have been when Schumacher he was on a a different strategy to everyone else, and he had to bang out qualifying lap after qualifying lap to get back into the lead. Um, yeah, epic from Hamilton. So he is the winner of this award. Yeah, I mean, I'm real glad. But just full credit to this season. There have been some absolutely astonishing yeah. drives, actually, incredible races. But the winner of the LB for drive of the season. Louis, the man from Stevenage, Hamilton. That well-renowned nickname. Um, (laughs) We've got four more awards left. Um, This one, perhaps not one that the drivers would like to win. Who has been the most underwhelming driver of the 2019 season? Um, As I say, not not an award you want to win, but some someone's got to someone's got to lift the trophy or at least reluctantly claim it. Harry, who are you going for? Um, I'm you could, say, you could say Lewis Hamilton, and this video would get a hundred thousand dislikes. Doesn't matter. YouTube don't count the likes or dislikes; they just use it as interactivity. So do it. Look. Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> um, I think the most underwhelming driver was Kevin Mason. <laughs> what? Because because he wasn't box office enough. Oh, okay. Huh. It was less box office this year, and maybe it's because we didn't see it. Actually, maybe the most underwhelming driver was the person in charge of the F1 camera direction this year. Oh God, yeah. He gets the good Steiner Award. That's who I'm giving it to. I know he's not actually a driver, or she's not a driver, of course. Um, But that person deserves underwhelming being bad at your job award. Well, I mean, that is a classic carry. Underwhelming driver award goes for someone who isn't a driver. Although I agree 100%. But they've been crazy all year. Yeah, that's I'm not sure the, uh, the bookies saw that one coming. No, I doubt that they did. Of course, <laughs> everyone's betting on these awards. Um, Sam, what are you going for? Um, I, I kind of hate that I've got to hand out this award, especially because I'm going to give it to one of my favourite drivers on the grid, one of the nicest people in motorsport. He's still like a good year, but nowhere near good enough as to what I expect of him. Sebastian Vettel, most underwhelming drive. He was beaten by his rookie teammate in, a, in the top team. Um out-qualified by him regularly. He got the most poles. And if his teammate could do it, then Sebastian Vettel could do it. He's a four-time world champion. And I expect the best, the best of the best of the best, sir, as Will Smith once said way back in the 90s. Um, Irrelevant reference, sorry. Um, Sebastian Vettel should be doing more. 
I love him. He's so lovely. I want him to be my best mate so we can sip coffee in our slippers together. But on the track, he's just not wowed me as I wanted him to. So unfortunately, Sebastian Vettel, most underwhelming driver of the season. So I think the most overwhelming driver of the year was definitely Danny Kvyat for his impression of Roman Grosjean, which leads me nicely on to the most underwhelming driver of the year. That is Roman Grosjean. Um, he, I know the Haas was a dog of a car this year. It was truly awful. Yano truly awful. But <laughs> Kevin Magnussen at least got more out of it than he did. Um, I think Roman did, didn't he end up with the same number of points as his race number, which isn't great when your race number is eight. You know, if you're ending up with the same number as you know as your car number and your Valtteri Bottas in a Williams, that's fairly impressive, picking up seventy-seven points, or or Antonio Giovinazzi maybe, but not when your car number is eight. Yeah, Roman was awful. I thought he might kick on this year as well. Um, and we're going to do our teammate wars next week um, and review who we picked and where we were right and wrong. And I picked Roman Grosjean to beat Magnussen because I thought, ah, he did pretty well at the end of 2018. I think he'll kick on in 2019. I think he, I think he'll put Magnussen to bed. And he didn't. He put himself to bed. Um, Roman Grosjean wins it. That's that's a weird image, actually. What does that mean, he put himself to bed? Like, Magnussen's there. <laughs> With a box in one arm and a beer in the other, and Grosjean was like, "Come on, Kevin, or come, come on, Kevin, to bed, you must go." He's not Austrian. Bonnui. <laughs> Good God, um, Sam, greatest respect. Not going to ask you to do a French accent ever. Thank God. Um, so who do we give it to? Um, the camera the, director. The director. Yeah, right, the director. Yeah. Right. And. The winner of the LB for a most underwhelming driver of the season is not a driver, and they're facing the. You need to, excuse me, can you feel me? I'm doing the. No, all right. And it's Lewis the director. wins the race. <laughs> it's that person. They're a moron. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very us that that has been able to happen. Um, I think this one could be the most important award of the night, beard of the season. Um. Now, I don't know if the three of us are up for this as well. I mean, maybe we could be surprise entry. I'm not. Good. I'm, I wouldn't put money on yourself, Harry. But, Harry, who do you think has one beard of the season? There are a few drivers with beards in F1, but I think... <laughs> what a way to start. <laughs> what a quote. I mean, there is. It's not a lie. There's a few drivers with beards. Um, it's got to be Bottas, hasn't it? The man who didn't have a beard this time last year, he has a beard now, and he came into the season, uh, season, <laughs> he came into the season, uh, a different man, and I think most of that was in the beard. Um, so yeah, it's got to be the beardy Bogsy Bottas, beardy Porridgey Bottas. Sam, who are you going for? I mean, there's been a, some astounding facial hair this season. Um, Charles Leclerc tried it. He <sighs> tried. Had kind of like a, f- a few broom bristles on his cheeks. Uh, Max Verstappen also tried it. Uh, tried to look a little manly. Lewis Hamilton's always got like the line around his face. Um, gives a great definition. Not really a beard. Um, but yes, the man that slaps porridge on his cheeks in the morning to brace himself for the Finlandish cold. 
Valtteri Bottas is my winger of beer of the season. He kicked him on. He had a great season this year, and I hope he has a full goatee next time out. <laughs> I mean, guys, we're forgetting Goat Stroll here. Goat <laughs> Stroll with a beard, if you can call it that. Um, obviously, Bottas wins this award, but I'm going to go and give it to the same person that I gave the last award to, oh, Roman Grosjean. Grosjean has a strong beard. <laughs> Come at me. He has a strong beard. Um, I'm, just, but... I'm just looking at it. It's quite, a strong beard. Quite stubbly. Justice for Grosjean's beard. Um, but fair enough. Bottas wins this one. And the winner for a beard of the season. The LB goes to Valtteri, the porridge muncher, Bottas. I'm sure he'll be very happy about that. There's only um, two more of those left, folks. Don't worry. There are two more, two more awards. Firstly, best team. Harry, who was your best team? I'm going to give it to... Sorry, that was Kimi Raikkonen. Um, I'm going to give it to Red Bull. I know they didn't win the championship, but I think Red Bull this year have been on top of their game. I can't think of a race when they weren't on top of their game as a team um, in terms of strategy. Pit stop, they smashed it. Um, and some, sometimes that strategy has helped them win a race when maybe they're not supposed to have won a race. Um, but obviously, and, you know, Verstappen's been great as well. But if we're talking purely team, I think Red Bull have been just on it all year. And it's that's really benefited them to, to pick up some wins. So, yeah, going to go for Red Bull. Sam, who you go for? Smooth operator. I mean, I've got that full fat milk feeling right now that McLaren are definitely the best team this season. Not only are like they're the team of my childhood, they have a real place in my heart. They are clear on fourth. They kicked on. We were all talking Renault Haas, Renault Haas. Harry <laughs> even put Renault in the top three, apparently. We'll get onto that next week. Stay tuned for that ridiculousness. Um, McLaren. They got a podium this season. It's about bloody time. Carlos Sainz with the lucky podium after Hamilton gets the penalty. Um, Norris and Sainz have got the best partnership on the grid. Uh, they've had the best progress throughout the, the season. I have loved seeing it. I love Zach Brown. I love the way he says Renault. I love that he can't <laughs> say it properly. So true. Everything about that team is just wonderfully wholesome. So, yeah, McLaren, best team of the season. Um, I'm going to give a shout out to Mercedes. Um, I think they deserve a mention. They've destroyed Ferrari uh, and Red Bull and everyone else on the grid once again. Um, I would also give a mention out to Toro Rosso. Um, They have finished much higher this season than I thought they were going to. And I think higher than most people thought they were going to. Um, They managed one podium in their first 11, 12 years of existence, and they find two in 2019. So full credit to them as well. Uh, But I am actually going to agree with Sam. I think McLaren were the best team this season. Uh, Great recovery from 2018. 2018, the end of that year, they were really struggling. They weren't a lot quicker than Williams, um, and they've turned it around. They've got a brand new lineup, which could have been really difficult for this first season. It could have been a bit of a uh, getting used to it kind of thing and that wasn't the case they were up to speed very quickly Lando Norris as a rookie was right there from the off you know Bahrain as early as that we saw him at his best even his Q3 appearance in Australia Uh, and Carlos Sainz has been fantastic this year 
there's been a lot of change around in the sort of higher up positions. Uh, Seidel's still getting into his role. Uh, you know, Gilles Ferran, you've got even Zach Brown isn't hasn't been there for that long. Um, so yeah, really impressed by McLaren this year, and they are going to win best team. And the winner for best team of the season, Ron Dennis is furious. It's McLaren. <laughs> Sorry, I can just imagine Ron Dennis at home like, oh no, <laughs> yes, oh. it could have been me. <laughs> All right, Rob. Okay. Um, final award, the big one, best driver of 2019. In pour the votes for Robert Kubitz. I'm sorry, Robert. That's twice in one episode. Leave um, Robert alone, for Christ's sakes, Ben. I tell you, it's not going to be. His reputation. Brendan Hartley. It's not going to be him. <laughs> I might. I might just hang up. Brendan Hartley. Right, Sam. Who's been your driver of the year? I think there are four options for this. Sainz, Leclerc, Verstappen, Hamilton. Those four have been hanging shoulders, not sponsored, above the rest of the, the grid. And there have been some great drivers. You know, we saw Kvyat, we saw Gasly do a brilliant job, both saw Rossi drivers. You know, we've seen both McLaren drivers excel, Sainz bigger than Norris this season. Um, but for me, the champ, the six-time champ, is just unstoppable once again so consistent i think he's got like 32 points finishes in a row and if he didn't have the issue in austria he would have had something like 68 consistent points finishes that is incredible he's got the most swings not from pole positioning a season of all time that's eight um he equals his teammate in terms of pole positions in a car that just couldn't turn up on a saturday um it's an astounding thing he came out the blocks faster than he ever has done he was there when no one else could be. Lewis Hamilton is by far and away the driver of the season. But those other three mentioned had incredible years. So hats off to them. Fair enough. Harry, who are you going for? Sam's Don't say Brendan. It's Carlos Sainz. It's got to be Carlos Sainz. What a year that man has had. Um, and If you think back to this time last year, or at least I remember this time last year thinking this could be the end of his career. Like he was off to McLaren. He'd been dumped from Renault. McLaren went in a great state this time last year. And obviously it's been aided by the fact that McLaren have had such a good year this year, but he's been so impressive in that car. And he's had a fast young rookie to deal with, which we've seen in the past with other, with other teams, uh, with other drivers, sorry, that, you know, sometimes that doesn't work. Vettel, Ricardo, Hamilton, Alonso. Um, but all this is done, just spurred signs on. And he's, uh, he's got even better. What are you laughing at now? Bangers just sent a photo to our group of Boris Johnson as a Red Bull engineer. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> Sorry, I don't... continue. Um, yeah, it's got to be science. It's got to be science. Wow. This is interesting because I was going to start my, uh, my vote with there can only be two. And those two would be Hamilton and Sainz. Um, I think Verstappen is a close third. I think Leclerc maybe then follows in fourth. But yeah, I think it is either Hamilton or Sainz. Sainz, after that, uh, I don't want to say poor year at Renault, but slightly underwhelming year, you could say. Um, has moved to McLaren, new team, 
a bit of a gamble. Wasn't really sure what McLaren was going to be this year. Um, and he's taken full advantage of that car being the fourth quickest car. Um, and I know obviously Red Bull haven't had the same lineup throughout the year, but being able to take sixth in the championship, uh, it's the first time a non uh, Red Bull, Merck or Ferrari driver has finished in the top six since Williams did it. So very impressive from Carlos Sainz perspective, but I've got to give it to Lewis Hamilton. Um, it was an immense season yet again from him. Um, his consistency now more than ever is just so impressive um, it's really interesting to see how his development has worked from his early days in F1, where he had such raw pace, but didn't have the the know-how, didn't have the experience to win championships on a regular basis. Now, arguably, his raw pace was his strength 10 years ago, or even five years ago. Now his strength is his consistency. In qualifying this year, he wasn't that, he wasn't that great. He set a record for number of race wins where he wasn't on pole position. He's been able to win races and he's been able to win this championship based on making the most out of bad races and taking full advantage when he's on it. So Lewis Hamilton, I'm going to I'm going to give him driver of the season. But Carlos Sainz, a very worthy second and got no problems whatsoever with him being number one either. Um, But two to one, Sam. The man with the most wings up from pole. The man who's won a race in every single season of his career. The six-time world champion. Some would say the best driver of all time. The driver of the season is Lewis Hamilton. All righty. And there you have it. The 2019 LB Awards. It's been an absolute thrill, hasn't it? I've loved it. I have loved it. And if if you want to buy your own LB, they'll be on our website. They won't be. (laughs) <laughs> with that cheap we sell our awards um <laughs> hey, so well done to all of our winners um especially for the race director for winning an award in which they weren't even qualified to win so incredible just incredible, incredible. inspirational stuff almost 